Hello and welcome to Campfire Conversations, stories from the center of the universe, where we bring the stories from our campfire to your ears, wherever you are in the world. Here we chat to friends over a favorite drink, enjoy the crackle of the fire, and let the real stories of life in the bush be told. Let's get talking to some Bushveld legends and hear about their finest hours, the moments that made them question it all and what keeps them coming back for more. <laughs> they knock a glass over, they don't sit on it's awesome. <laughs> okay, welcome back to another season of Campfire Conversations. And let me just tell you, we have some fantastic guests lined up. Here we are, episode three, season three. And we are back in the Thornybush Game Reserve, the Greater Kruger National Park. We are sitting in paradise. It's a beautiful, hot and humid day in the Lowfeld, and our feet is in the sand. It's a real privilege today to have Jana Mayer with us. And you guys can go check her out on Instagram. We'll put the handles in the bottom of this link and enjoy her stories and check out what she does. More to come. Serondela Safari Lodge is a luxury safari lodge in the heart of the Greater Kruger. Serondela means place of elephants. And after watching elephants all morning, here we are sitting in the little dry riverbed. To find out more about Serondela and to follow as their story unfolds, you can sign up for the newsletter on serondela.co.za and by following at serondela underscore safari lodge on Instagram. For episode three, I'm sitting down with quite an inspiring woman and her two daughters are here today, Megan and Kylie, which is really awesome to have you guys here and um, just again shows real people making a difference. Uh, we've also got two little dogs with us <laughs> and the guiding team in the background. So what a privilege, it's awesome to be here and this is a Monday morning for us, or Monday afternoon, hard at work. Some people are going shopping and else break later. So thanks for popping in. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure. Joining us today is helicopter pilot Jana Mayer, who has just flown in to sit down and give us the great pleasure of having a chat. Jana Mayer's helicopter work mostly involves conservation and this is a big part of her life and something she is very well known for here in the Greater Kruger. She started and runs her own conservation and ecotourism flying business, Hope for Wildlife Helicopter Services, which operates in a great number of wildlife rescues, rhino dehornings, animal collarings and anti-poaching operations in the Greater Kruger. Earlier on in her career, she studied nature conservation, worked in the Kruger National Park as a game capture student, completed her Fagasa Level 3 SKS Dangerous Game, and began a guiding career at Singita Labombo. She has managed game breeding operations in the Waterberg, and after many hours in the passenger seat of a helicopter, the bug bit, and she qualified as a commercial helicopter pilot. Jana flies hours in and around the Greater Kruger in a tourism and conservation capacity, and she is passionate about work that makes a difference. Her husband, Willem, is the security manager of the Klaseri Private Nature Reserve. And you won't believe it, she flew herself to her wedding ceremony in her wedding dress. Jana is a woman of many talents, and she is proof that dynamite comes in small packages. It's an honor to have you here today and to share our space with such a dynamic and admirable woman in conservation. Welcome. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Wow, you're making me feel good about myself there. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You should. I, I don't even know really where to start and I'm just going to let it flow. So yeah. maybe you can tell us a bit more about what you what you do and, and what is Hope for Wildlife. Okay, yeah. No, for sure. So I think for me it was a, a great milestone to be able to, to have my own company. 
Because ideally, I think you want to work for someone that has the same passion, has the same vision, has the same focus as you, and then you can really excel in what you do. And um, for me to be able to accomplish that, I had to create my own job, basically create my own company. And um, yeah, it's it's all about conservation. You know, like you said earlier, in my life, I started my conservation career, studied nature conservation. And um, interesting enough, at school, I mean, you can probably say the same thing. They don't really give you that exposure to aviation. So it's only later in my life that I ha- had exposure working in the Kruger National Park with a with game capture unit. I saw the helicopter operational for the first time in the conservation field. Yeah. And it just made sense. It's just, wow, what a piece of equipment. Then just actually thought this was a bit above my um, level of expertise. I didn't think it was possible financially because you know, everything with regards to aviation is very expensive. Mm. But I've just seen, you know, if, if you're really passionate about something and you really want something bad enough, there is going to be a way to accomplish that. And um, I can just inspire anyone and say, listen, if you have a vision, if you have a passion, there will be a way. Where there's a will, there is a way. It sounds like such a cliche, but I can really speak for this. Um, It was a long, hard road, especially gaining flying hours and having people trusting you as a pilot to work with expensive game species, to fly guests around. Um, Obviously, uh, from an aviation point of view, it's all about safety. It's all about experience. So to reach a certain point in aviation, where I'm at now, where I'm very fortunate... Um, gained experience in all sorts of different levels. Yeah, it was a, it was a hard road, but I'm here now. And um, so I created Hope for Wildlife Helicopter Services, and the main mission is to help with conservation, to assist wherever I can, render professional, affordable service where where it's it's easy for someone to contact me. Then I can make a difference wherever I can. I work with wonderful, reliable NGOs that help assist in funding a lot of these wildlife uh, rescue missions that we're busy with. And um, then also from outside, you know, it's so important for me, the ecotourism flights, because that gives me, you know, time. I get that exclusive time with my guests um, to explain to them exactly what is happening, to inform them, because people are so misinformed about, I think, conservation and what's happening with the, with the rhino poaching at, at this stage. And um, quite often I find that people want to contribute, but they're not fully aware where they can actually, where they can make a difference. So I think from that perspective, it's very important for me to to have eco- ecotourism flights and, and just, I see that as, as conservation awareness and also showing them this incredible place that we live in. I mean, what a privilege. From the world's longest green canyon to seeing elephants here, uh, from Feinbos, grassland, everything in a short span of time. It's just breathtaking. It's so difficult to market because there's just no words to explain. Yeah. I'll, I'll actually, I've been fortunate to be, you know, and, and I think for me and the, the average human being, going in a helicopter is quite a thing. And yes. Some people have never been lucky. Some people have been in a helicopter once in their lives. It's an absolute privilege. And obviously when we talk about these ecotourism flights and something you can do here at Sirendela and, and throughout the Greater Kruger is, Jump in a helicopter between your game drives and and go up into the Blader Canyon. I mean, tell us about that. I, I, and it is hard to explain. Yeah, that's the thing. I always say, wow, I, I don't even know how to, how to, to market this product because 
I think word of mouth would probably be the best. But yeah. if, if somebody who's done it can tell you, can you tell have to you, do you've this. got to see this, and they get. I mean, I get every single time that I go there, it's different. And I mean, it's literally 15 minutes from Serendella. Yeah. You get this incredible change in la- landscape. You yeah. you go literally into the escarpment, the Drakensberg mountain range, and just start overflowing from Cape Vulture colonies. I mean, when you when you arrive there it almost looks like swallows there's so many wow and then when you approach you see they're actually vultures that's cool and um yeah all those beautiful cliffs that that canyon is just spectacular like i said the world's longest green canyon the water flows throughout the year without any rain in the winter months and um it stays green throughout the year with waterfalls it's so idyllic different different world but yeah, yeah that's one thing you can experience and um, it's part of our well-known panorama route, of course, but driving the panorama route takes you a day. Yeah. And you don't even get really a glimpse from what's actually happening there in the canyon. Yeah. So you've got to see it from a seat of a helicopter to really appreciate it. Yeah. And it is very special. It's actually oh, quite extraordinary. It yeah, is. Flying this machine, being over, yeah, the it's like a sea, it's, it's the a sensory overload. After which you sit and you think, you're whatever. It's yeah. crazy. And then you can come back, have a nice cup of coffee, watch the elephants at the waterhole and go on a game drive and look for leopards. Yeah. You know, in the w- same day. Within one hour, yeah. you get this incredible experience yeah. of a lifetime. It is incredible. Okay, and then there's obviously the direct wildlife where a helicopter is such a tool. I think I've got two things I'd like to talk about. One is what are you doing and, and, and what are we using this helicopter for? And two, how do people, you know, where can they... Uh, contribute mm. how can they help that's the beauty of it you can you can actually contribute by joining in an operation like this for instance this morning here at thorny bush was a yes. small team of professionals went and uh, we we did the dawning we we caught four rhinos and uh, yeah. we trimmed their horns because I mean they were walking in a high-risk area that, that uh, a rhino with a horn nowadays it's literally a sitting target for a poacher we are in desperate times, so that's very important. You can sponsor an operation like this and join in. Then you can you know exactly where your money goes. And also, um, any type of wildlife emergency, but I think that that is something that you can't really book well in advance. If you're here and you're lucky enough and um, we get a report of an elephant with a snare, cable snare, that happens quite often around its trunk or around its foot. Then we deploy very quickly, also with a small team of people, but then you're welcome to join in. Touch the elephant, help us remove the snare, be physically involved. Or even being proactive, joining in counter-poaching patrol flights, just flying high-risk areas. It's like a safari over the bush, but that gives the warden chance to see exactly where his rhinos are at or just patrolling the fence, high-risk areas, especially when when it's full moon phases. Then we know we're at risk of, of poachers coming in. You can join in on a on a patrol flight over the bush, yeah. So there's there quite quite a few ways we yeah. can contribute. And I think you know also for people coming and visiting here, what a, what a great contribution to have a vacation, to have a holiday here, yes. to be able to be involved in in an adrenaline thrilling activity, and at the same time make a massive contribution towards conservation. Absolutely, because you know. With the whole lockdown and et cetera, et cetera, we all know where the economy's at. Yeah. So all these lodges and all these conservation efforts are so reliant on people 
helping, you know, contributing and trying to make a difference with us. I've seen just from from myself, you know, one would think, yeah, how can I make a difference? With like, like a little thing like that really make a difference. But yeah, every single effort, let me tell you, we need every single effort, yeah, um, yeah. everyone to, to make that little bit of a difference, even if you think it's insignificant. No, and, and I think I just want to reiterate, obviously, you know, you are involved in this on a daily basis, but people listening, you know, rhino poaching and, 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 and wildlife crime is, is rife. And, and, and we're in a serious situation where we thought in 2008 mm. and 2010 and 2012, wow, this is escalating. And where we sit now in, in the end of February, beginning of March 2022, it's basically out of control. It's out of control. And... Um I don't want to sound despondent or anything. Yeah. I'm someone that's always positive and we are make we'll, we will continue the fight. Yes. Um, but speaking to to some of my colleagues flying other aircraft, fixed wing, doing patrol flights on a daily basis and just coming back and saying to me, Yana, you know, every single time I go out, we find carcasses, sometimes two, sometimes three. They're busy killing all our animals. So luckily in the private industry, we can still make a difference. We're protecting our rhinos. We put in all the effort we can. And um, but yeah, it's de- it's definitely desperate times. We 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 are a generation that that can make the difference. So yeah, we've we've got to do our best. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, yeah. we have to. Yeah, it's sobering, actually. And I know you you know you are on the front line. So what does a day look like for you? What does a week look like for you? I think that's also a part of my job that I really enjoy in terms of. I don't have a set routine most of the time. Yeah, I do have set bookings that come in and, and you, you know, in, in advance. But it is also very unpredictable. I'd literally sit here, um, I can get a phone call of, yo, we've got this elephant out on the R40, close to Palabora. We need to get this elephant to safety. It's the vehicles are heaping up and it's a problem, you know. So literally on a daily basis, things like that do happen. Yeah, so it's every single day is different. In one day, I can do various, various things from ecotourism to looking for wounded animals, orphaned rhino calves, or yeah, anything really. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's incredible. And I guess, you know, it's easy for us to understand that, but that's it. You know, what happens is uh, poachers will, will poach a rhinoceros typically at night, not always, and yeah. it's a cow and she might have a calf that then goes running around the reserve and you guys are then spending hours looking for this this awful yeah, rhino calf. Exactly, exactly. And that's again another example of we really in need of people uh, joining in and, and contributing towards these efforts. Because as you can imagine, you, you never know how long that's going to take, yeah. how long you're going to look for that animal before you give up. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and that's hours and an hour for a helicopter in the sky yeah, is dollars. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. There's huge ways for all of you listening to contribute to this. And I think also just a reminder, go check out Hope for Wildlife on social media. The Instagram is very cool to follow and and, and fascinating. I think no matter if you're sitting in Joburg or Paris, it's sobering to know what's going on and also to know where where we can make a difference. Go and have a look at the Hope for Wildlife. Really very cool. We've got a couple of questions which got sent in, and I think, again, I just want to reiterate what a you know what an inspiration you are. There was you know quite a few questions came in regarding how did you do what you do, how did you end up doing this, what are the advice you could give to young uh, men and women, and 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 maybe especially women coming into the industry, and here's somebody who's making a difference in the world. Yeah, I think um, especially for young ladies. 
passionate about wildlife and even even the aviation part because this is actually unusual, I think, for a lady to specifically fly these counter-poaching mm. operations mm. And, and the game work. There aren't many of us. I think in South Africa, uh, we only two that I know of. Wow. Yeah, but just again, I, I mean, if you if you really want something and you work hard, you are going to get there. That yeah. really is the case. Yeah. But any, yeah, anything is possible. So it was in, initially very difficult, I think, to prove yourself, like yeah. I said. And then people see, but no, there's really effort going in here. And um, but it was just, it was purely my my passion for conservation that led to my aviation career. Yes. So through that, and I had the exposure, and saw what that chopper did. And I think I wanted to make a bigger difference. Yeah. Because I was I was working at a at a um, game farm. The the game breeding manager, yeah. but I didn't think I was making enough difference. So I thought I needed two, and this two must be a helicopter. Yeah, and that is how everything developed from there. Yo, that's fascinating. <laughs> that's super cool. I've got a question here from John underscore J underscore Sikala. I guess you are in the United States. Thanks for sending it through, John. It says, "Have you seen a? Have you seen American pilots go to Africa to fly?" for wildlife conservation and what was your route to come to be a wildlife conservation helicopter pilot? I haven't I haven't actually had American pilots. It's more the the local pilots that are in this um this field of work. I don't know if it's a, a, a or what the process would be. I think for them obviously writing a law again and um I think the radio procedures would be would be different for an American pilot, but yeah, as I explained, my whole career was just just um, basically came through, through the conservation and the exposure to helicopters in the Kruger National Park. But I, I do think it's possible for anyone from all over the world to, to participate and to make a difference, definitely. Absolutely. Mm. No, no, it's an interesting question. I think, again, going back, like, the dream is there and, and Liana is an example of doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl, exactly. you're black or you're white, you're from America or from Tokyo, if you have a dream... And you are passionate about it. And we spoke to Alfred earlier. You know, it doesn't matter what the obstacles are in your way. Yeah. It's tough. And Yeah, ex- extreme obstacles. Possible. And you've got to stay focused. And yeah, you get ups and downs. But yeah. eventually, eventually you'll start seeing the light. <laughs> no, it's amazing. You know, there's a beautiful woman flying around. This is a male-dominated industry. It's a, you know, kind of a macho on the southern tip of Africa. Yeah, pretty much mm. still. It's... Um, but, but to see this and to have an inspiration for people out there, it's awesome. And also, um, if you, you know, it's always, there's always a financial implication if you want to pursue a career like this. Yeah. I can also just, just inspire them and say, you've got to start somewhere. Yep. I didn't start with a million bucks in my pocket. Yep. Definitely not. You just take that first step. I even took out the loan, started paying that all for my PPL. And then other opportunities came along, which, which really helped me. And eventually got there. But I had to start somewhere and just say, this is what I want to do. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Love it. And just to reiterate, being in a helicopter with Jan or anybody out here is an absolute privilege and something everybody should try to do in their lives. And if you can do it while contributing to conservation, well, then why not? You know, there's no better reason than that. A couple of other questions and there are the the usuals, um, but I think it's what we all want to know. Have you ever been scared out there? Funniest, uh, saddest? I mean, I'm sure 
You've seen some pretty sad things, to yeah. be honest. Some we don't even really want to know, actually. I yeah, guess. exactly. We'll have sleepless nights, that's for sure. Yeah. But but many, many happy moments. Awesome, beautiful moments all over. And for me particularly, I, I love making someone's day. Yeah. I always love if there's kids somewhere or someone that's never flown, I always try and accommodate and say, listen, just hop in with me. We're just going to hop over to that side and try and involve people and their faces and that yeah. feeling. And so often where I can see that interest that has been sparked and they say, oh, how can I become a helicopter pilot? And you can see you're an inspiration. I definitely have been scared. I've been stuck in very bad weather before <laughs> sitting in the bush, having to wait for hours and hours and hours. So, But that's the beauty of a, of a helicopter. You don't need a runway. You can just sit it down and, and wait it out. But yeah, now there are so many moments I and um I, I can just and also interesting sightings from the air. Yes. I mean we've been busy darting Nyala and um the dart was in this Nyala ew and she was running and she started to show effect from the from the drugs. Next minute this leopard came and he smacked her. Oh. <laughs> yeah, wow. so we had to ch- try and chase that leopard off the Nyala. But how ridiculous is that? No, that is. We've seen wild dogs also catch an impala from the air, busy on a, on a counter-poaching patrol flight. Wow, and that's the best way uh, to see wild dogs hunt. Exactly, because the, wow. there are no trees in the way. You can follow this whole thing. It was just this incredible, incredible thing to witness. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we, we've seen everything from honey badges, caracals, civets, anything you can imagine we spot from the air. Wow. So it's, it's really interesting. That's so cool. Yeah. There goes some tourists to a game lodge. Have a good time. Yay! <laughs> uh, yeah, and nothing, and I think going back also, probably people don't realize how much you can actually contribute. Going on a, on a counter poaching uh, uh, patrol is not necessarily to find poachers and get shot at, but it's more to push poachers out of the reserve, yes. show a presence, and what an amazing way to contribute and to fly around a reserve in the late afternoon before full moon or whatever. I mean, it's an incredible experience. Literally a next level game yeah. dive. Exactly. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Different perspective, but yeah, it contributes big time, just that presence. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And also, you know, giving the warden or the, the reserve representative uh, an opportunity to see the area from the air and just yeah. they can do their planning with regards to placing the ranges for that evening's ops, etc. Yes, et yeah. yes. yes. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's more complicated than everybody knows what's going on out there and how much work is doing in counterintelligence security, prevention, you know, it's not just a simple thing of let's cut a rhino horn off or let's stop the trade to Asia. It's a very, very complex mm. thing and, and these guys are deep in it. Um, and you know, living above the Kruger all day is pretty radical. Do you have a favorite animal? Or? Oh, I love elephants uh-huh. since, since forever. I just love how, how clever they are. And I think specifically how I... Um, experience them is, is quite often from a wildlife management sp- perspective and yeah. then I get to see their intelligence and how incredible they are. I can give you a funny story from earlier this week. Yeah. So we were explaining to people, okay, we're going to collar this elephant now. And they asked me, they said, yo, it must be so difficult just to maneuver that helicopter so the vet can get the dart in. So I said, no, that's the easy bit. You know, it's the planning beforehand to plan how long that, that effect's going to take for to, to kick in and where that elephant's going to go down for the ground crew to move in to have access to that animal. 
So there's a lot of planning, but it's actually the planning before the dart goes in and then afterwards to maneuver that animal. So the actual dart placement is not the issue. <laughs> and then we started off. Uh, we started flying. We saw this huge bull that we're going to dart. And next minute, it does something completely different. He doesn't run away. He faces the helicopter the whole time. He doesn't turn his bum for me. So we could not literally, we were struggling so hard, we could, I had to go drop the cameraman because we were too heavy for the maneuvers I had to pull to get a shot. So yeah, he, he reversed for probably two kilometers through thick bush, wow. all the way, facing us every so often he charged us. So the next minute he charged the, the helicopter, we, did the, the, we sniped him from the top onto his back. <laughs> That's how we darted this elephant. That is awesome. <laughs> so every single situation is different. There's yeah. no, no, no um, experience is the same. It's too cool. And, and that the intelligence of elephants oh, is clever. incredible. He obviously had a collar before. Yes. So he has experienced the helicopter and the whole darting thing before. Yes. So he knew, listen, I'm not going to turn my bum ah, for this ah. helicopter. <laughs> that is awesome. So clever. Yeah, it's so cool. So, so cool. I love that. Super inspiring, and um, we need more people in the world like you. We really do. And then I guess for us who are listening, it's about how do we help contribute to people like this to do what they do on a daily basis. Mm. Um, I don't know. You girls got any questions for your mom? How much longer <laughs> I have to sit in the sun here for? <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen? <laughs> no, I think uh, we really appreciate your time, Jana, and yeah, your own inspiration. It's pleasure. wonderful to know you and um, to see what you do. And, and keep doing what you're doing. For those who are listening, as I said, go check out uh, Hope for Wildlife Helicopters. And I don't know if there's anything more you want to say. Your stories are so cool. Can I have one more story? <laughs> Yo, now you're making me think there are actually so many. And if yeah. you put me on the spot, then all of a sudden I don't know. But also very, very funny to witness would be the ground teams. You know, from, from <laughs> up there, it looks very easy. You quite often think, why the hell are they taking so long to get to this animal? But it's thick, man. It's yeah. thick, thick, thick. Especially this time of the year. And then we do giraffe capture. And then it literally looks like the giraffe is going to topple over. But they're still so quick yeah. in comparison to how fast humans run. Yeah. So, you know, they've got to run in front of this giraffe with ropes. Yeah. So the giraffe can actually trip over the rope for it to fall down. And then they can quickly work with the giraffe, put a halter on his head, keep him down, remove the snare, wherever we have caught this animal. But yeah, to watch those ground teams and how they stumble and how that giraffe is pulling them. And you go and land and it looks like these eggs have been in a war. (laughs) Then I'm so happy I'm flying the helicopter. Yes, but we've laughed, eh? No, that must be incredible, watching 10 men being pulled along by a giraffe as you sit in the air there. Exactly. (laughs) It's awesome. It's really awesome. Uh, So what a privilege to have a chat with you. Uh, Your time is precious. Thank you very much. Wonderful to be here in the Greater Kruger National Park, in the shade of the trees, have the birds in the background. Uh, follow along Serendella's story. You're going to see more of Yana. When you're here, I really encourage you to go to the Blider Canyon to get involved in one of these conservation experiences, which can be a huge part of Serendella going forward. The family is invested in this type of thing. They're invested in, in, in conservation and these activities and, and the guests of Serendella are going to be invested in that and, as well as the team on the ground. So go check us out. There'll be links everywhere. Check out the Serendella website. Follow us. And thanks for listening. Episode 3, Season 3. Thank you, Yohana. Awesome.
Thank you for joining us. You can find today's guests online via their social media handles linked in this podcast description. Go ahead and give them a follow, share some love, and show some support for what they are doing. We welcome your questions and comments and encourage you to let us know what you're thinking. Who do you want to meet around our campfire and what burning questions do you have for these bush legends? Find us on social media via the links in the description and tune in to watch our podcast recordings from around the campfire on our YouTube playlist. Yeah. They knock a glass over, they dance it on, it's awesome. <laughs>